0: This is the sound you hear across major cities of India on December 29, 2012. Countless men, women and children took to the streets, forming a formidable tide of protest that surged with determination. From bustling urban city centres to quiet lanes, thousands upon thousands of people stood in solidarity, weaving a tapestry of resilience and a plea for justice. It was chaotic and sometimes violent, but it was a scene to behold. And it was all sparked by the fate of a 23-year-old female student. On the 16th of December 2012, 23-year-old Jyoti Singh and her friend Awindra Pandey were returning home after watching a movie. But they wouldn't know that the journey home would evolve into a chilling narrative that would grip the nation's conscience. After they boarded an off-duty charter bus to head home, The vehicle had suddenly veered off its planned course, and the doors had shut completely. A windrous attempt to address the situation erupted into chaos, with an iron rod striking him down to the ground. Jyoti was now isolated, surrounded by five men, trapped in a harrowing predicament. Then, within the next few hours, one of India's most heinous crimes would unfold. You're listening to Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by Mediacorp and produced by OneUp Media. This episode contains scenes of graphic imagery and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Just moments ago, a brutal assault had been inflicted upon Jyoti's friend, Awindra. Who was struck down by the force of an iron rod leaving him incapacitated and rendered unconscious when the attackers noticed that a windrow was down they seized jyoti and forcibly dragged her towards the rear of the bus a place that would become a chamber of unspeakable horrors her ordeal was both harrowing and vile records reveal that the men had kept jyoti at the back of the bus for more than an hour and during this agonizing period They orchestrated a series of nightmarish acts, repeatedly engaging in gang rape and subjecting her to degrading abuse. However, the extent of their malevolence didn't stop there. It was almost a calculated cruelty because they even took turns amongst themselves behind the wheel of the bus, allowing others a chance to rape her. As the bus rumbled along the darkened streets of Delhi, her cries of anguish seemed to blend with the engine's hum. But even amidst the harrowing nightmare, Jyoti valiantly resisted. Summoning every ounce of her strength, she unleashed a torrent of screams and launched desperate kicks at her assailants. She also resorted to biting her attackers, and accounts suggest that the bite marks she left on the men persisted for days. Her actions here were heartbreaking, as it reflects her resolute will to survive and break free from the horror. Yet despite her courageous efforts, The odds were overwhelmingly against her. It was six against one. These odds left her at a profound disadvantage, and her attempts to fend them off didn't work. In the midst of the chaotic struggle, the frustration emanating from Jyoti's unyielding resolve seemed to push one of the men to a breaking point. He grabbed the iron rod and with chilling intent, locked his gaze onto Jyoti's vulnerable eyes. Then, he forcefully thrust the iron rod into her intimate region, (coughs) only to wrench it out with equal brutality. This act had inflicted grievous damage, resulting in the tearing and separation of her intestines, which were now left suspended outside her private area. As the bus continued to circle around the streets of Delhi, the world outside remained oblivious to the nightmare on board. After all, The inconceivable nature of these inhumane actions would have gone beyond the imagination of most people. Who could have known that something like this was taking place out in public, in the vehicles driving right beside them? Following the horrific assault, the attackers heartlessly threw both Jyoti and Awindra out of the bus onto the side of an empty road. Then the bus carried on into the night. Disappearing into the darkness, as if a harrowing chapter hadn't just unfolded. Alone and grievously injured, the pair were now left to fight for their lives. Jyoti had just endured a horrific incident of gang rape, her body subjected to a brutal violation. She likely experienced significant bleeding, given that the insertion of the iron rod had resulted in her intestines protruding from her body. But against all odds, her spirit refused to be extinguished. Jyoti exhibited the resilience of a young woman who, in the face of unimaginable horror, was determined to survive. Then, a passerby stumbled upon the duo in a nearly lifeless state, prompting an immediate call to the police for help. Jyoti was rushed to a nearby hospital where she received urgent medical care and was placed on life support to stabilize her condition. Upon the initial medical examination, doctors uncovered an array of injuries scattered across her body with a notable presence of numerous bite marks. Additionally, they observed severe damage to her intestines causing them to spill out from her body. An online article states that when the doctor first saw the condition that Jyoti was in, he was moved to tears. He said, I was on night duty in the hospital. At the time, as the daily siren came, the high-speed ambulance stopped outside the emergency room of the hospital. I had a 23-year-old girl in front of me. When I removed the torn clothes of her body and examined inside, my heart stopped. I have never seen such a case before in my life. The question that was in my mind was, how can someone be so cruel? Jyoti was rushed into emergency surgery to stop the bleeding. Her wounds were severe, and her bowels had been completely destroyed. In the midst of this critical moment, a flurry of activity ensued at the hospital, with numerous police vehicles and media personnel arriving on the scene. The urgency of the situation seemed to reverberate beyond the confines of the operating room, as law enforcement and media presence converged on the hospital premises. What followed next was surgery after surgery for Jyoti. And by the third day of being in hospital, Jyoti had already undergone her fifth surgical procedure, during which a significant portion of her remaining intestines had to be removed. The gravity of her situation even prompted the Indian government to take action. And by the fifth day of her hospitalization, a committee of medical experts was convened. Their purpose was to ensure that Jyoti received the highest level of medical care possible. But even if she had the best doctors on the planet, the challenge of saving her life seemed almost insurmountable. In the days and weeks that ensued, the country found itself engulfed in an unprecedented surge of collective emotion as people from all walks of life united to voice their condemnation of the unspeakable act that had occurred. At the official residence of the President of India, scenes of massive protests unfolded. Demonstrators, numbering in the thousands, took to the streets to demand justice, their voice ringing out in fervent cries. The intensity of the protests escalated to the point where law enforcement resorted to deploying water cannons and tear gas shells to manage the situation, Among the crowd were a significant number of students hailing from different universities across Delhi. Their anger and frustration found a voice in the protest. They were sick and tired of the lack of justice and fervently called for not only their own safety, but for the safety of all women across India. Christmas Day in 2012 marked the ninth day of Jyoti's hospitalisation, and unfortunately, the situation was grim. She continued to be reliant on intubation and life support and her condition was still classified as critical. Doctors reported that she was grappling with recurring high fevers and that while the internal bleeding caused by sepsis was being managed to some extent, the overall scenario remained challenging. But despite these challenges, there was a glimmer of hope as reports emerged that she was stable, conscious and able to communicate with meaning. A day after Christmas, an urgent cabinet meeting was convened by India's then Prime Minister Manmohan Singh. The meeting ended with a decision to transport Jyoti to Mount Elizabeth Hospital in Singapore, renowned for its expertise in multi-organ transplants, which was something she desperately needed. However, this decision sparked controversy, with some medical professionals criticizing it as politically motivated. Several medical experts have stated that an organ transplant for her severely damaged intestine, if at all possible, was at least several months ahead. Furthermore, transporting a patient in such a grave condition was extremely risky. Her injuries were such of a severe nature that her survival seemed nearly impossible, which led many doctors to question the rationale behind the decision. Nevertheless, Jyoti was airlifted from the hospital on December 27th and en route to Singapore. However, during the six-hour flight, she experienced a cardiac arrest. In response, the medical team swiftly initiated the placement of an arterial line to stabilize her condition. The doctors managed to successfully resuscitate her after three to four minutes. Yet, regrettably, she lapsed into unconsciousness due to insufficient blood flow to her brain. Everyone knew that Jyoti was fighting for her life and it would only get harder from this point on. Hours after landing in Singapore, doctors called her family and told them that the end was near, all while countless individuals across India fervently prayed for her, holding on to the hope that she might somehow overcome the ordeal. Unfortunately, around 4am on the 29th of December, Jyoti Singh succumbed to her injuries. The moment Jyoti breathed her last breath marked the emergence of a new identity Nirbhaya or The Fearless One As the name implies her unwavering courage and resilience was seen throughout her agonizing ordeal and even in her final moments Because of Indian law safeguarding the anonymity of rape victims a pseudonym was employed to shield her identity In fact, only in 2015 did the world come to know Jyoti's identity when her parents implored local authorities to disclose their daughter's real name. Her father says, Why should we hide our daughter's name? My daughter was not at fault. And by hiding crimes, we only allow more crimes to take place. Has society become safer for women after the gory incident that shook the conscience of the nation? It is the perpetrators who should hide their names. We are proud of our daughter At a rally held in December 2015 to commemorate the third anniversary of the attack, Jyoti's mother Devi became the first to publicly reveal her daughter's name, telling the crowd, I feel no shame. I say this in front of you that her name was Jyoti Singh. You all must also from now onwards call her Jyoti Singh. Following the tragic demise of Jyoti, a wave of protests surged across India, with major cities such as Kolkata, Chennai, Bengaluru, and Hyderabad standing in unified solidarity. The entire nation resonated with grief and outrage as citizens from all corners carried candles and donned sombre black attire. In a remarkable display of unity, many individuals symbolically placed black cloth across their mouths, demanding for justice and change. But now, let's go back to the day when duty was discovered on the street, as this marked the pivotal moment when the police were on the brink of apprehending the perpetrators. In just a single day following the incident, a special investigation team led by the Deputy Commissioner of Delhi Police promptly detained certain individuals. By analysing footage obtained from a highway CCTV and gathering information about the bus, they were able to establish a connection between the bus and a private school located in South Delhi. But this alone wasn't enough to catch the culprit. Therefore, they employed sketches based on a witness recollection and a adeptly crafted visual depictions of the assailants. This sequence of events led to the apprehension of the first individual, a 30-year-old man named Ram Singh who happened to be the bus driver. What followed was a period of rigorous police effort, with authorities combing through cities in a determined quest to locate every individual accountable for the heinous crime. Six men were taken into custody as a result, with five of them falling within the age bracket of 19 to 30. The remaining member of the group was a 17-year-old minor, who was later identified as the individual responsible for inserting the iron rod into Jyoti. To compound the disturbing nature of the situation, records indicate that this 17-year-old had only encountered the group of men in the evening before the crime took place. With all six men involved under arrest, what followed next was a period of intense interrogation. The police found themselves compelled to uncover the truth, confronted not only by the weight of government pressure, but also by the relentless tide of protests demanding justice that showed no signs of abating. According to numerous online articles and records about the crime, this is the sequence of events that transpired on that fateful evening. On the night of December 16th, the group of men had gathered to share food and drinks. They were described as having a party. As the drinks were flowing, a few among them proposed the idea of using Ram Singh's private charter bus for a joyride, citing the intention to have some fun. In spite of the fact that the charter bus lacked permission to accommodate regular passengers or operate within Delhi due to its heavily tinted windows, they collectively embarked on the bus and set off on their journey. A couple of hours prior to meeting Jyoti and Awindra, the group of men engaged in a robbery targeting a 35-year-old carpenter named Ramadir Singh. In fact, the 17-year-old minor implicated in the case had enticed him onto the bus by lying to Ramadir that they could offer him a lift. Once he got inside, he was subjected to physical assault, robbed of his mobile phone and about $20 in cash. After the robbery, they left him stranded on a flyover and continued the joyride. Moments later, they spotted Jyoti and Awindra. On March 11, 2013, while the six men were incarcerated and on the brink of facing India's trial of the century, prison guards made a grim discovery at around 5:45 a.m. Ram Singh, the oldest among the group of men, was found hanging from a ventilator shaft in his cell, which he shared with three other inmates. Authorities remain uncertain on whether the incident was a suicide or foul play. Meanwhile. Ram's 26-year-old brother, Mukesh Singh, was kept in solitary confinement for his safety due to frequent assaults from fellow inmates. On September 10, 2013, the hushed corridors of Delhi's High Court heard a sombre verdict echo through the air. The four adult defendants stood in the shadow of guilt as the gavel struck the table and their fates were sealed. Guilty of rape, murder and tampering with evidence their destinies were entwined with the weight of heinous crimes. They were all sentenced to death by hanging. As for the 17-year-old juvenile who took part and was confirmed to have committed the atrocious deeds, he was not subjected to trial as an adult due to his age. Instead, he faced a separate trial in a juvenile court. He was found guilty of rape and murder under the Juvenile Justice Act and received the maximum sentence of three years imprisonment in a reform facility. He was released in December 2015, free to roam the streets again. In an article detailing the trial proceedings, it was recounted that when informed of his impending execution, 20-year-old Vinay Sharma collapsed and begged the judge. Witnesses reported that he was heard crying out, Please sir, please sir. As the group of men were escorted out of the courtroom, they shouted out to the crowd in a last-ditch plea, saying, Brothers, save us. While on death row, the 20-year-old Mukesh Singh managed to fan the flames of public anger once again. He infamously blamed Jyoti for the crime, uttering statements that not only ignited widespread outrage, but also brought to light the patriarchal beliefs ingrained in Indian society he carelessly stated what would be one of the most prominent and disheartening quotes of the entire incident, sparking public condemnation and highlighting the urgent need for societal change. He said, You can't clap with one hand. It takes two hands. A decent girl won't roam around at 9 o'clock at night. A girl is far more responsible for rape than a boy. Boys and girls are not equal. Housework and housekeeping is for girls. Not roaming in discos and bars at night doing wrong things, wearing wrong clothes. About 20% of girls are good. Then, referring to Jyoti, he said, When being raped, she shouldn't fight back. She should just be silent and allow the rape. Then, they'd have dropped her off after doing her and only hit the boy. In the early hours of March 20th, 2020, the four men were executed. With blindfolds covering their eyes, they offered no resistance as they were led to the gallows. All four of them declined their last meals and the opportunity to wear fresh attire before getting hanged. The heinous crime that befell Jyoti Singh stands as a testament to the deeply ingrained patriarchal attitudes that have persisted in India. It's a stark reminder for the urgent need for societal transformation. And a resolute demand for change. Jyoti might never witness the evolution of this change, but her indomitable spirit, her unyielding fight for justice, and her unwavering message will continue to echo through the corridors of time. Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast, is brought to you by MediaCorp and OneUp Media. This episode was produced and written by Guangjin, Edited by Alex. Narrated by Jason. Audio experience by Ethan Sam. Additional engineering by Ashley from 1UP Media. Special thanks to executive producer Danny Cordy from MediaCorp. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next one.